Hello and welcome to Minecraft Lab, where we explore, experiment, and theorize about all things Minecraft. Your hosts today are Minor Thoughts and The Troge. And we've got another amazing episode for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about inspiration. What inspires us? Who inspires us? And just take a walk through the history of our builds on Interrealms. Let you know what has inspired each build or who has inspired each build. Be a very interesting topic, that one, Mona. We don't have any snapshots to talk about. Uh, we've got Minecraft Minecraft Live coming up here on October 15th. A lot of rumors flying around for that one. I am hoping for some quality of life. If they throw a, a, a new mob in, I'll be happy. But quality of life, I think, is something everybody is begging for. Oh, I think given how much uh, particular groups such as the Hermits from Hermitcraft are banging on about the inventory, and they have been for a few months, I think you can bet your bottom dollar uh, that an inventory update will be in the cards. You know, I do think if they do stop at just the inventory, I think you're going to have a lot of people complaining that that, you know, is, you're going to get a lot of, is that all? Is that it? Um, so I think we'll see something more. I think the inventory thing will be, and quality of life improvements will be part of it. But I think we're going to have, yeah, some interesting updates as well. Right. And uh, just just to mention, uh, the the reason why the rumor is flying around that it might there might be an inventory update is because Mojang has officially sent out surveys, or you can participate in a survey questioning you on what your thoughts are about the inventory. But it is more specifically uh, geared toward Bedrock users. So um, the rumor is that it, it might be an across-the-board thing. Uh, I'm hoping for a survey for us Java users. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, considering, you know, a lot of us Java users, you know, we have at some stage or another used mods uh, to improve the inventory and quality of life things. Um, and there are a lot of options there. So, you know, I, I think it's definitely something when you compare uh, vanilla to say the better Minecraft experience for that mod pack, you know, there's a lot of improvement to be made with the inventory system in vanilla Minecraft. So fingers crossed that they do pull something out and they listen to the community. But, you know, I um, the minute the hermits and that on mass started talking about in their videos, almost every video of theirs started coming out with at some sort of mention about inventory this and inventory that. It was like, well, we know where uh, the next update update is headed to inventory. So I think it's a very, very safe bet. You can put the house on that one, Minor. Exactly. I mean, and you, Hermacraft has uh lately has been uh pretty influential uh talking to mojang devs and having them on on the server uh getting their thoughts so you know i'm hoping that the uh devs are li listening to the community because there has been a lot of animosity or uh i don't know what the proper word is <laughs> strained uh, relationship probably the, the strained right. relationship between mm. the de developers and the community uh, as far as communication goes so i think that's one thing that they just they need to uh to do a lot more outreach talk to the community listen to the community and uh, i think people will be a lot happier yeah and you know time heals all wounds so to speak and um yeah we, oh, just, yeah. we just get on with it and yeah enjoy the game of blocks that we have known to come and love exactly so 
what inspires us as content creators, as builders, as redstoners, as just creative people um, in this game of Minecraft? We'll just start with season one. Uh, we, mm. we came together as a group and all different styles, all different uh, types of Minecrafters. Indeed, yeah, more, there was... more more into building and more into redstone. So uh, we had a we all very have our own inspirations. We had a Go very ahead. wide variety of play styles <laughs> with the playing group. The original playing group was very very different. You had the the casual players, you had the hardcore builders, you had the redstoners, you had the people that really didn't know what they were doing, <laughs> just sort of just going along with the flow. Then you had those that just went hell for leather, and you know had bases and buildings up within a week so it was like um yeah very interesting to watch that unfold for our very first season right i mean as far as the the rest of the group watching their builds uh blind cubsy uh Zhaosh, yourself and then you know and then others that we definitely had some awesome awesome builds on season one as far as myself since starting to play this game i've always been fascinated by redstone um not much of a build builder but when, <clears throat> excuse me, when I brought uh, Rhea along for the ride, uh, she wanted to do something uh, with the theme uh, as far as the base. She basically told me, you take care of whatever's underneath in the industrial type area. And uh, she will do what the, the, the surface level of the base is. So she went with a uh, Mediterranean look, everything in quartz, uh, Kind of a resort type area, spas, mm -hmm. and um, we did have a lighthouse, uh, but we've kind of had a lighthouse in every world that uh, we've or been a part of. So nothing yet in season three, but that that was part that was part of the base. I really wanted to start uh, getting into something uh, more themed or. Uh, I wanted to stretch my building skills, which I'm not really a builder, but I was heavily inspired by Corrales. Uh, his season, I want to say season seven, construction type builds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, I started putting in cranes and uh, <laughs> excavators and... Uh, the wetlands. Yeah, I started yeah. destroying the wetlands, basically. <laughs> <laughs> But that branched off into a storyline, which I, I just absolutely loved. I mean, this is just something that, uh, for me, was just going to be kind of like an event thing. I was going to d dig a tunnel. said, why why not turn it into a construction site? And then it just blossomed from there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Corrales uh, was a, a big, big inspira inspiration for me. Um, his Season 7 Hermitcraft, specifically. I could definitely, now that you've mentioned that, um, and I've, you know, since then I've watched more of Corellis and I can definitely see, um, the similarities that you were sort of trying to pull from, but that, that whole area was, um, it was really good. It was so well put together. In fact, it's, it features on the fly through. Um, if you go to the, the Interrealms website, interrealmssmp.com, um, and you just watch the, um, at the top there, we have a few, um, fly-throughs from previous seasons you have to sit there long enough and watch it you'll actually see that construction area come up i just thought it was absolutely brilliant and uh, was that keegers concrete yes. Um, yes that was when i first met keegers and 
he really, you know, he really started supporting us as, you know, a, a fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, I, I'm if if someone's going to support me that much, I'll make I'll make a concrete uh, company right there on that site with his name on it. And <laughs> <laughs> you did, and yeah, and I know he, he still talks about that to this day. It, it meant a lot to him that. So yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, we had a, a lot of inspiration though from I, I, you know. Nowadays, we don't like to compare ourselves to Hermitcraft. Like, we are interims and we do things differently and we do things our way now. We've pulled away from that that traditional Hermitcraft-like um, thing. But if you look back at Season 1, you can see a lot of inspiration of Hermitcraft rolling through into that season. Um, oh, from, definitely. From the shopping district to some of the styles and builds that we were doing, some of the storylines. You know, I, I won't lie, Sheepman very much took inspiration from Poultry Man. <laughs> um from i think it was season six i think um and again that was just something that came out randomly because you know i had an iron farm i had a whole heap of of poppies and i was like well i have to do something with them <laughs> what can i do where with all these poppies? Them? where did i plant the poppies minor uh right on the the island before <laughs> anything uh i think it was right right there when we came along and joined the server she's like what is going on here <laughs> if the island was just blooming into something beautiful and majestic i said what do you, you want red dye or you want bone meal and she said let's we'll we'll use it for for bone meal so really it was a gift from sheep man that's all sheep man was was just someone that just wanted to give gifts to everybody he only had <laughs> love and gift and kindness in his heart but you know that right. that actually goes on to sort of a, a slight topic shift in, in a way you know when we sat down to talk about inspirations here um, for this recording, you know, I was on on the line of, all right, well, what to think about, you know, what inspired the different builds. But really, it goes deeper than that, doesn't it? Like, when you're Minecrafting, and particularly when you're on a server like Interrealms, you know, storylines come up and different themes come up. So inspiration actually goes deeper than a building contraption or, uh, sorry, a building or a redstone contraption. Sometimes you can actually you need inspiration for your storylines too. Well, I mean, even, even though uh, we say we, we pulled inspiration from Hermitcraft a lot, even they were inspired by, by other builders. I was inspired by Corrales and a lot of the vehicles he was using. Uh, and I used a lot of the designs from uh, a builder that he follows. Uh, I forget his name now. <laughs> You remember at the time you were posting that on Twitter and you actually got some right. um, comments and, and likes and that from both Corrales and um, that builder who I also cannot remember at the time. But you're right, you know, like um, a lot of these big ones too will take inspiration from their like their own patron servers and things like that as well. So inspiration is absolutely everywhere. And I guess, you know, content creation for Minecraft and Minecraft in general has been around for so long now that it'd actually be probably pretty hard that you can do something and go, hey, this is 100% original, never been done before. You know, you're sort of into that territory of is there anything original that isn't inspired anymore from anyone? Right. And and um, it's funny you mentioned that uh, this current season of Hermitcraft, there's a lot of the bigger content creators uh like impulse he's using designs built by his patrons or uh doc m has uh build teams other other content creators uh, i've seen they have fans and or uh patrons build teams 
build stuff for them and they uh, feature it on their uh, on their channel. Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, is that inspiration or is that utilising resources you have to be able to produce content? Uh, unfortunately, you know, for for smaller creators like you and I, you know, we don't have the benefit of that. We have to gain our inspiration elsewhere and <laughs> design ourselves and build ourselves for the most part. Yeah, in terms of inspiration, you know, you can sort of, we have to look elsewhere. We don't have necessarily the hugest communities to, to pull from. So we have to look elsewhere usually for our inspiration. Um, going back to season one, uh, your your build, your base, Dragon's Rest. I mean, for a season one base, was amazing. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've got to admit, it. Um, whenever I put photos of it somewhere on a new community, it always gets attention. And, you know, for me, that's the iconic memory of season one, is how that base ended up. I don't even know, if you're talking about Dragon's Rest, where the inspiration for it necessarily came from um i did know i was very excited for the uh 116 nether update and i was determined that i was going to do a nether inspired build i was going to bring the nether through um to the overworld that that was the plan I, as soon as i knew 116 was coming that was what it was going to be but the build wise you know the, if you look at the builds and i look back now you know there's um Probably, you know, some of the dragon... Well, the main dragon, I think it was Big Baron, I think, or something like that, was the main inspiration, but it was not a block-for-block use because I just I couldn't follow his tutorial (laughs) well enough, so I just sort of went, well, that's a general shape. Let's see what we can do. But, you know, some of the other dragons that are in there, I think was Gemini Tay, was part of it that I'd modified. Um, And then, you know, you look at the the outlines of some of the buildings that took very much inspiration from Lord of the Rings. Isengard and things like that just to try to get you know the different shapes and the the outcroppings and things like that but a lot of it was just basically well what does the nether look like it looks like that all right well let's bring that (laughs) let's replicate that in the overworld and improve upon it you know like the custom lava runs and and things like that which actually was an inspiration of the way they were done by um, pixel riffs he done something very similar for a volcano and I was like I didn't use exactly what I did I changed it to my way as well but um, it all came together. I was I was both disappointed and relieved when it was finished um, because it actually wasn't finished. Um, I had a much bigger plan for that, but I think I left the run way too late to try and actually complete it. So what we got is what we got. Yeah, doesn't that happen every season though? I mean, you you have all these grand plans and you want to uh, build all these things, and then you come you get short of time an update comes out uh for whatever reason it everything doesn't get done that you wanted to get done so you kind of have to compromise yeah that's okay. true and call it done yeah and i and think be happy with it. well that's exactly right you know and, and there's been calls even from um my son saying well why don't you go and finish it in creative well to me that's that's not an option because that's is what it is now. Like that's where it got to in the season. So that's what Dragon's Rest is, and it's a survival build. If I go and, to, to lack of a better term, finish it in creative, it's no longer a survival build. So to me now, it, it is done. It's a finished project, and I'll move on from it. But you know, this is when we're looking at a build like that. This is the time before I knew how to use Lightmatica. So you know, eighty percent of that building was designed in creative and then i had to go and replicate that without lightmatica in the on the server 
and you know and you'd have to you'd place a few blocks and hope you were doing it right then you would fly out make sure you were and then fly back in to make sure you had it right again you know or adjust it if you need to so it was a very slow process and i think oh no, i can distinctly remember knowing i had this this is before i started on the dragon's rest part of itself you know i'd had the the, the starter castle done I'd had the big dragon done, I'd had the ziggurat done, had my farms done, and it was like, well, now I need to move on to this part, the big main, the fortress and the, and the nether part. And I remember thinking, what have I got myself into here? Like, this is this is a massive project. And it because I didn't know Lightmatica in those days, and I didn't have that tool to be able to assist me, I actually felt very overwhelmed, and it actually put me off starting it for a good few months. Uh, which in the end, I probably needed those extra months because I needed more time to finish what I hadn't planned. But once, obviously, we learned about Lightmatica and then how to use it and got into that, it it made the job of doing something to that scale um, so much easier. I think toward the end of that season, the season one, is when we first started getting into Lightmatica and trying to learn how to use it. Uh, you mm. made the tutorial, which I think was really good. Some of the other tutorials I've seen are pretty pretty lengthy. You just, uh, I think you concentrated on the basics. And Lightmatica is a tool that for builders, I think is really, really good. Um, and it, it, it makes things look more professional, especially when you're doing a time lapse, um, which I say that, but I still haven't quite figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> you do all right, Monty, you do all right. I think I think uh, with Lightmatica yes. for the most part, you know, for those of us that are not full time content creators, it helps speed up that process of getting our builds done for video. Yeah, I I have no doubt had we not learnt how to use Lightmatica in season one, there is no way Dragon's Rest would have been anything like what it was. Not a chance. You know, right. and I know some people sit there and say, Oh, it's cheaty this and it's cheaty that. Well, you know what? You're still designing the build. You still got to go and harvest all the resources and collect everything. And you've still got to physically place every block by hand. If I can sit there and finish a build like that and go, you know what? I've placed every block by hand. I've designed it myself. It's my build. It's my design. I'm happy with that. And, you know, if I have to use a tool that helps me do it a bit quicker for the sake of the content, because, you know, this is not my full-time job. Um, You know, I'm, I'm happy to use it. If I hadn't learned how to use it, that the construction area wouldn't wouldn't have became a reality because it, I used it heavily on that. But nowadays, uh, I really, really rely on it uh, for the redstone. Um, yeah, there are certain things that don't transfer over from a schematic in redstone, uh, but it really helps, especially on uh, bigger redstone builds of a Google machine. The mm. uh, Shulker, the shulker uh, sorter that really helps speed that up so much. Actually, that's a really good good idea, good thought that because I look at those um, the casino from season one, the redstone builds for there. Man, I should have been using Lightmatica to build them, put them together. You mm-hmm. know, getting the world downloads because they were all those builds were certainly um, they were not my designs, they were not my creations. I'm not good enough at redstone for that. You know, I had to learn how they worked. But they were definitely um, someone else's, which at the top of my head, I cannot remember who that was either. I could look it up. Lightmatica definitely would have helped putting those together in a lot quicker time frame than what it took me to do. You know, that's part of um, being inspired, I guess, in terms of content creation is learning the way the, you know, the tools of the pros, basically, and how they manage to do it. And 
you know, trying to use the same tools that they use. I, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but uh, Lightmatica is the first. Uh, I I did a a redstone contraption in Creative and uh, made a schematic of it that I could put into a single player world for the first time. Uh, it was totally well. It was totally my design, but it was inspired by concepts from other creators, uh, other redstone redstoners such as El Mango and uh, Rabid Rabbit. Rabid, I always get his name wrong. Rabid, Rabid Rabbit. Rabbit. Yes, Rabid Rabbit. And uh, who was the other one? El Mango. Rabbit Rabbit. <laughs> drawing a blank. Must have been a quality contribution, that one. Insert name here. I am a drawing a blank. Insert name here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's you can do do something in creative and play around with the blocks. You have everything at your disposal to to build something and not have to worry about going back and forth between shulker boxes and chests and then take a schematic of it and then then put it into a single player world Uh, really, really saves so much time. You know, and I think it's important to note here, too, that, you know, we're talking about inspiration and who inspires us and how we're inspired and the ideas we get from and we're using Lightmatica and schematics and these sort of things. But, you know, it's this, I think, harkens back to right back to our very first podcast that I think uh, for Minecraft Lab that you and I did minor. You give credit to those that inspire you in some way mm-hmm. in, in these builds or, or creations. You don't sit there and build from someone else's work and say, look what I've done, look how good I am. You just don't do that. You know, you make sure, obviously, you give credit. And that's why if you have a look, for the most part, on all of the Interrealms videos that um, all of us do from this server, you know, we are always forever, or any photos or pictures we put up on our social medias, it's like, you know, this was inspired by this person and we tag them or we or we put a link to their videos in our description and things like that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's okay to take inspiration. It's okay to give tribute to something or someone, but give them the due credit that they deserve. Right. And that's, that's a, that's a good segue into season two uh, for me in season two or for Ree and I, uh, we came in and we started, you know, I had a couple in real life things going on. Uh, so uh, we didn't get to do as much as we wanted to. Plus, it, it was, I think we decided it was going to be a short season uh, because of the way the updates were split. Uh, but this time around, we wanted to stretch our creativity. Uh, we didn't want to copy any other builds that we saw in, uh, you know, on Planet Minecraft or uh, or anything like that. Use anybody else's schematic or any anybody else's build. But like in season one where she did a Mediterranean uh, town, we wanted to do kind of a, a Spanish villa, Spanish, Spanish mission. Mm-hmm. And that build, the mission build, was 100% in creative. And I was so proud of what Rhea and I, reimagined and I did with that because that is 100% are built uh yeah and we we did it in creative and took a schematic of it and then put it into onto interrealms and uh we did that we didn't do a whole lot that season but we uh, quite proud of that and we did a small spanish lighthouse a little spanish villa and uh and because, we had other builds 
I was going to say because you and I were and and Ree were neighbours for season two, right, right next to each other. I had the the privilege mm-hmm. of being able to see that get constructed, and I can remember logging out and nothing had happened. And I came back like two days later, and there was just this gorgeous build that had just appeared. And I remember standing on the docks of my little Wild West town, looking over there, going, "Wow, that's just wow." And then I flew over and had a look, and yeah, you you guys excelled on that one. I'll, I'll give you the tip. That was that was very well put together. And Ree's, um, she's really into uh, a, a complete build, uh, having not only a, a nice looking exterior, but uh, she's really getting into doing uh, the terraforming and interiors, interior mm-hmm. design. Uh, so the interior of that mission, I, I absolutely loved myself because she did, she used a lot of terracotta. Um, she did, uh, pews and a pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like a, a church. It looked like a mission. So, and I think I that, that was awesome. And I think that's for me, as we now move into the, the, the different seasons is something that I'm being conscious of as well. Now, when I'm designing a build or an area is it not just having like be this static thing there's a couple of buildings around but the area the inside has a life to it like you can go there and you feel like something's happening and the inspiration i take from that and i've said this a few times is both b-dubs and uh good times with scar because if you have a look at their builds um and a great example of this is the big dig um that scar did in i want to say season seven um of hermitcraft is you, you walk around there, he's built there, and it didn't always show in his videos, but he's got, like, that build is like a snapshot in time where things are in motion. Like, there's conveyor belts that are throwing things, and you can physically see things that are being thrown off in midair. The whole thing feels alive, alive. And, you know, and B-Dubs has got that same thing with his um his, his village from that exact same season. You know, there's there's boats in the water, there's fishing nets hanging up that are swaying their interiors are done so very much what you're saying like what Ree's inspiration was in direction i should say go and make things a complete build i'm very much trying to catch up with that theme because that's sort of like the next evolution i guess for being a builder is not just plopping something down and going hey look i've got this building but making that building in all facets feel alive and you bring up Scar and B-dubs. In my opinion, uh, Scar, yes, he he puts life into his builds. He Motion makes it feel alive, like it's inhabited. It's not just uh, a building. Uh, and then B-dubs, in my opinion, he's he's a painter. He, he can put blocks in ways that uh, you'd never imagine. He, some of the stuff he's doing in Season uh, 9... He's using blocks to create shadows and and texture. There's not really, I mean, it's it's a flat surface. If you took all the color away, it's just a flat surface. But because of the way he's put the blocks together, uh, it's created depth and 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 some some sort of texture. I'm a member of his on his YouTube channel, so you know I'm privileged enough to be able to go and watch some of his members only streams. And some of the stuff he does is you just sit there and just just being able to watch it. Unfortunately, he usually streams when I'm usually asleep. So when I do get an opportunity to catch at least a little bit of it, it's just, like you said, his techniques, the way he's putting things together, you wouldn't even think of, like, he's using 
oh, I don't know whether this might be a spoiler for <laughs> for one of his future episodes, but the way he's using target blocks and something coming up to give a different shade to a particular build as part of a gradient is like up close it looks like ugh. but you go back and it just looks just like a painting it's just next level it is next level well let me ask you this real quick um you can include this or not b-dubs i i think i watched one of his live streams does he use world edit uh quite a bit mm-hmm. when he puts okay see that's something that um i want to learn how to use it, especially if, you know, I've got a generic build and uh, I want to replace blocks. You know, everything is cobblestone I want to replace with andesite or, or whatever. Yep. I think you can do that in World Edit. Yes, you uh, can. Yes. Um, he, and it's not just him, by the way. Um, you know, I've watched some of the others. Uh, I've seen Impulse do it. Green doesn't really live stream, so I haven't really seen it. But I've, I've seen a few of them that have done it. So you know when they um, say there's a footpath or, or a, um, a walkway, and it's, then they've got a mix of like andesite blocks and bricks and all different sort of things. What you can do with World Edit is you select the area, and then you say, I want, I want this area to be 25% gravel, 25% stone, 32% this, blah, 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 blah. And then what World Edit does is goes, okay, no worries, and it, it does it for you. And it just randomizes it and it says, you know, 20% of these blocks need to be this and it just randomizes it. And for the most part, it usually looks pretty good. Um, or you can select an area and you can, yeah, change the whole blocks from one thing to another. You can create shapes. Yeah, I know there's like some builds out there that have been done where usually they are, for lack of a better term, painted with World Edit or, or a very similar mod. And then that is then replicated in survival by, you know, gun placing it block by block so world edit is also another very valuable tool of the pros so to speak but it's one i have not mastered yet to be honest i haven't i i can't remember the um the commands well enough to use it but some of our some of the interomers on it are that use it are very talented at it i think dracos has used it um quite a bit yeah um, I, I think jurassic's uh, is probably the best user use of it at the moment um, oh really? I yeah, he don't know that. He needs to do a tutorial. He does need to do tutorials on it. Um, I don't think he, he he. Well, I know he doesn't do it for builds, but for um, terraforming and landscaping and stuff like that, I definitely know he's he knows oh, how to okay. use it. Put it that way. I uh, see that's and that's one thing that I I want to branch out in. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. I have a build for season three. I'm just gonna say it's a tower. Yeah, and it's inspired. Uh, by someone else as someone else's build which i'll give credit at that time i kind of want to tweak it and make it my own and i think the only way i can do that is in world edit well there's no time like the present to learn a new skill my friend so um yeah when you've figured it out let me know then you can teach me back to season two uh not a whole lot but i i did stretch harry and i did stretch our creativity in that and then brought we wanted to bring that into season three. Um, your inspiration for season two, though, I, did you pull from, you said you pretty much, that was all from scratch. That uh, was. But is there a reason or something that inspired you to do a Wild West Town? Um, look, my, my favorite movie of all time is a really old movie called High Noon. Um, it's an old black and white movie, and it's a cowboy movie. And I like it because it's 
the theme of it is, you know, it doesn't matter how tough things get, you don't give up and you fight till the last breath. And that's something I like to live my life by. You know, you just don't shrug and give up when things get a little bit too hard. But anyway, that's beside the point. So I'd, all, I'd always liked that genre. And you know, I had just come off fin- literally finishing Dragon's Rest. So I think like, we finished Dragon's Rest and the very next week we were starting season two. I hadn't really decided what theme I wanted to do. I did know I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to do the whole fantasy thing because I'm, ve- I'm very conscious of trying to do different things all the time to try and stretch myself creatively. creatively. I didn't want to do a big one build thing because, for example, if I had got halfway through Dragon's Rest and I hadn't had the walls finished or I'd missed some of the towers, it would forever look there going, this is unfinished, it's not done. So I wanted to do a build where I could do small bits in smaller chunks and if I did for whatever reason run out of time, it could still look finished, (laughs) if that makes sense. Right. So... When I was sort of thinking about it, it was like, well, you know, a wild west town is sort of, it's all a whole bunch of smaller individual buildings all in like a main street. So I thought, well, that will probably suit because, you know, if I only get six buildings done, at the end of the day, I've got a, ma- a main street done, I'll be done. And yeah, it just sort of fell into it that way. So there was no actual inspiration from anyone really from for season two's uh for wildwood um apart from me wanting to live out my childhood dream of being a cowboy oh wow yeah so See, and then that that season uh we saw more live streams uh, of doing those builds you doing those builds i think it doing a smaller build versus tackling a bigger build while on live stream is uh probably more suited <laughs> yeah well that whole that all of basically, for the most part, Wildwood was all done on live stream. Like there was no creative planning. There was nothing. It was just build it at, on live stream as we went. Um, you know, there there was, and I've showed this on some of my more recent live streams, the Wild West area of my creative world. You'll see like I've built a corner of the saloon and that's just to get the palette right and scale and then i'd take that one little corner and then i'd go and translate that over or the front of the um, sheriff the jail you know i built the front facade of that so i could get this the scale right but also i could get the the palette right but everything else was sort of then once i had my general idea you know i took a screenshot put the screenshot up on the one of the well at that time the monitor beside me and then away i went so and because I knew we had a short season, I didn't really have time to sit down and design things. It sort of had to, well, you know, I'm here on stream, so I have to do it while I'm on stream. But the beauty of it is, though, like, even though they were all individual builds, it looks impressive altogether when it's finished. Like, you would sit there now and walk up the street and along the back and go, well, this is actually a really big build. And it, for the most part, is. Individually, they were small, tiny little projects that together came together to look something really good. Right, yeah. Like I know when um, very recently, you know, on a live stream, we finished the project for the night reasonably early. So I fired up because, you know, we've got a a lot of new people in and and in recent times, my Twitch channel has sort of grown exponentially pretty quickly. So there's a lot of new people in the community that hasn't seen any of this history that we're talking about here. So I fired up the creative versions of these worlds and I took people through my bases and, and well, other people's too, but mostly mine. And, you know, we got to, you know, Dragon's Rest always gets a good re- reaction when <laughs> when people see it. But the um, Wildwood, 
you know, people saying, oh, this is amazing. Look how good this is. And this is a real Wild West town. It was like, that actually surprised me that people were going, had just as good reaction to Wildwood as what they did to Dragon's Rest, which made me sit back and go, well, you know, even though it was only a six month, well, probably a five month build and a whole lot of smaller projects, collectively, it looks pretty good. And what I really liked Ooh. about it was, you know, it really complemented each other, like your base and my base for that season, because they were like similar sort of era sort of thing. It really complemented that whole end of that island coming together really well. There was a section of it that we had we were going to try and blend <laughs> the two together, but uh, for whatever reason, it uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things you don't you don't get around to it or. Uh, kind of falls by the wayside, or you just run out of time. Uh, yeah, I, I next thing next season's coming up. So yeah, we we definitely tried to, but it was just yeah. I I think I tried and I couldn't get it right, so I lost interest in it, and then we just ran out of time after that. Right. But you know that season was really it was a season we didn't really see coming because we were had these big massive plans for clans. You know they come out and say you know what we're going to split this update, and it's like oh well. That sort of screws us a bit. <laughs> so we had to readjust right. and reassess. But, you know, season season two is really a, it's a weird one when you look at it. Yeah. I mean, it, if you ever load up the world, it's there's a lot of things that are may look unfinished or or or. But there were really some impressive uh, things still on that world. Uh, but that kind of segues into to uh, season three, the, the reason why. We had such a short season and what we had planned before. So uh, that's kind of a segue into uh, talking about season three. We uh, we had plans to do clans way before season uh, season two. Uh, but because of the split of the update, 117, 118, uh, we had to do something different. But now we're in clans. We're in season three uh, on a whole new world. Yeah, and the the interesting thing about this world is we have no end date in mind at any point. This is just going to go this world for as you know as long as we feel it can needs to. So you know we can all do whatever we want to do, different projects. Yeah, there's it's a really nice feeling, completely different than the previous two um, in terms of the scope of what we can achieve with this. We're not even calling it a season anymore, are we? We're calling it a world world three right and can we mention uh the transition we have made we can we can indeed uh so interrealms has uh transitioned into becoming a community server versus a uh just a content creator smp um maybe you could explain that a little bit better than i Sure. So originally when we started out on this journey of Interrealms, it was very much decided that we were going to be the next Hermitcraft, you know, and it was going to be just for content creators. And if you wanted to come on here, you had to be able to make content and had to be content every so often. And it was putting a lot of stress on people. And, you know, it was also for no one is ever going to be Hermitcraft. So we had a good look at things and we decided, you know, we've got a lot of great people, a lot of talented people around in our community because our community, ever since particularly the first live stream weekend, has been growing daily with people coming in through to the Discord and from our streams and on our videos and all sorts of things. So we decided, well, we were looking at ways to, for lack of a better term, break the fourth wall and bring 
the viewers and the community more involved with our storylines and what we were doing. And what better way than actually bring them onto the server? So we discussed ways of doing it. And basically almost overnight, the amount of people on the server has doubled, which blows my mind. And what it means is if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a fan of what we do, or you just want to have a great community to hang around with, drop into the Discord, get to know us, and, you know, you have an opportunity and a pathway here to actually play with us on the server now as a a server member. And, um, yeah, so far, I think we've brought 10 new people onto the server, and, you know, some of these people have already reached out saying, you know, we'd like to give content creation a go. Can you give us a hand? It's like, no problems. We'll we'll help you do that. Or, you know, you've got people who just want to come on and just build. It's just... Oh, just a nice little vibe around at the moment. I mean, it still has the the rules um, that any any server would have as far as guidelines and things like that. Uh, so you have to abide by those. But it is you don't have to come on just to make uh, content creation. And another reason why we did this is because we're not full time content creators. There, you know, there's what ten or more of us originals. Um, actual content creators, but we still have full-time jobs and we can't always be on there, but uh, we can't always be active, but we want to have a more active server. So with these community members, what, 10 10 so far? 10 so uh, far, yep. There, the server is going to be a lot more active. Again, you're not required to make content, but uh, your builds will be featured. Their, Their builds will be featured uh they've a lot of them have have joined uh different clans and yeah they're 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 uh putting in the work and uh helping their clan out and uh it's it's really it's a, really something different and i i'm excited about it yeah it it's certainly got a nice vibe around the place at the moment you know and, and there's a few of us you know that are uh you know, hitting our goals in terms of the content creation now. So like I, for example, myself, I recently hit 300 followers on, um, what is it? On Twitch. That's the one, you know, and a hundred and now well over a hundred subscribers on there as well, which is blowing my mind. You know, Dracolis has had a video now that's just absolutely flowing, absolutely gone nuts. Um, you know, and there's a lot of us that are hitting our goals as well, personal goals. And it's really nice to see. And now we get to share that experience with the the bigger, greater community, Interrealms community as well. So very interesting time. And it's going to be interesting to see how, speaking of inspiration, how these new people come in and what inspiration they take from either other content creators that they've watched or, you know, they've been watching us for the last six months on this world, what inspirations they draw from us to what they take into their own builds and their own storylines and their own journeys on this server. I can't wait to see that, to be honest. Um, that's one thing that can inspire all of us is uh, people's enthusiasm, their their energy, uh, having more people that are, are excited about uh, building just, you know, for the sake of building or being being a part of something. Uh, Keegers, uh, his, I don't know how he does it, how he does everything he does for the server, but it is inspirational. Uh, because he does on uh, behind the scenes type of stuff with the website, and, and <laughs> I feel bad. He does so much. I should, you know, I should return the favor, and um, and and uh, do the things that I need to do. Um, but it is it is inspirational. 
to have people like that uh, with that that type of energy and enthusiasm and just that want to be a part of something. Yeah, and I think that's the the thing that's really blowing me away is, you know, we, we've opened this obviously via a, a Patreon system and, you know, I knew we'd probably get maybe three or four when we opened this up, but to be smashed with 10 straight off the bat it really says to me, as a community, we're doing the right thing. We're building a nice, safe, welcoming community that people genuinely enjoy to be a part of. You can't, you can't beat that. And that in and of itself in, inspires me to keep looking towards the future then to, you know, how can we be better? How can we do more? How can we, how can we grow so that everyone grows and everyone has more fun and everyone enjoys this community and, and what more can this community offer to the community that really inspired me uh, to be honest to see the reaction that we got when we announced that we were opening the server because you know that wasn't just a, an overnight decision that that was months in the making and to make sure we were happy with where it was and the and votes in the behind the scenes to make sure we were all on the on the right path um and then to see the reaction that it got from our community I was inspired. For lack of a better word, I was inspired. And that um, that really helped lift me up. It really did. I don't know about anyone else, but it was very heartwarming to see. Before this was even announced, or or maybe it was talked about by yourself and Keegers, uh, but I had noticed on other SMPs, especially Hermitcraft, where they were involving the community, you know, going back to uh, what I was talking about, them having build teams and whatnot, on their on their own Patreon servers, we're. I feel like um, the reason why I'm excited about it is because we're doing it different. Uh, the I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, because it's so new. But I'm excited to see what uh, the people that are coming on build, because um, that is in itself is going to be inspirational. The the uh, the possibilities for collaboration with these people that they don't wish. To be content creators, some of them may not wish to be content creators, but they are. They just want to build. <laughs> it, it's just exciting. It is, and you know, I think we're going to look back in years to come. We're going to look back on this change, and we're going to go. That is the moment that it all came together for Interrealms. That was that was where it really kick started. I know from my perspective, you know, every stream, you know, I'm getting like two or three new followers and I'm trying to direct every single one of those back into the um, Interrealms Discord. You can find the link below uh, because it just helps to further expand the community and the friends that we're making. And, and let's not make a mistake here, Minor. You know, these people are coming in. They're not fans. They're not viewers. We see them as friends. By the time they come onto the mm -hmm. server, these are our friends that we're playing with. So, you know, nothing has ever changed. You know, we've always said Interrealms was a bunch of friends playing Minecraft together. And that's still the case. We just get to play with more friends now. Right. You know, and it's it's a, the way it's set up, I mean, it, it's, we are all supporting each other. Uh, whether it's just helping, helping build for the sake of, you know, someone else's video or uh, clan video or whatever. Yeah. Being there. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know how how to how to describe that but I think the best way to describe it minor is it's uh it's inspiring. Yeah. Mm. Um I don't want to to spoil too much. Uh I don't think we want to spoil too much of what we have planned in season 3 uh because there's many things that have not been revealed yet. My plan for season 3 
I want to do more creative things like I did in season one uh, that are 100% reanized builds. And I think we've we've already done that in, in the next video uh, you should see soon-ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought about going big, epic mega builds, but I I really want to have something that's, like you said, has life to it more than anything else mm-hmm. uh, but there one thing that um i forget who i just saw it on twitter there are people that are into speed runs and uh objectives and different things in minecraft but uh bearded boss alex is a great example of that he um he loves his speed runs but uh this person said the sense of exploration is is not covered as much Without spoiling too much, um, that's something that I want to create for myself and for other uh, members on on Interrealms is a uh, a sense of adventure, um, something that they can use for content, uh, or just if they're not going to, uh, it's it's something to go on an adventure. And I know what that is, and I'm not going to say anything, but um, yeah, I am looking forward to that. Because that is something for me that is missing in Minecraft is that sense of adventure. You're exactly right. And that person that said it is right. It's not really there. You know, you might want to go and find a woodland mansion, right? But the only reason you're really going to do that is why? To get a laze. Once you got a laze, you're done. You don't go again. You know, you might go to an ancient city. Why? To get swift sneak. Once you got it, you don't go again. So there's no real incentive to get out in the world whereas you know and people are probably sick of me saying this minor but let's take a look at better minecraft right the mo- that mod pack. i was just going i was just going to mention that because i had the same exact thought you know you every time you play that you're like whoa what's this what's this what's this <laughs> yes it, it's quickly be turning into uh, minecraft the what's this series um but that it's true that that whole world feels alive though, and you don't know what you're going to fall into literally when you go on a, on a journey. The sense of exploration there is next level. That's something that Minecraft vanilla, I feel, doesn't have. So maybe this quality of life one. Maybe they we need to, you know, bring in a sense of exploration into the into the fold of Minecraft again because you know it's a big world. But usually once you've got your farm set and you've got your base area set, you don't really go that far. Right. And that's, that's, you're exactly right. That's one thing better Minecraft does a lot better. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, the, give you a sense of exploration to where these worlds are randomly, supposed to be randomly generated, even though they are in vanilla Minecraft, they're still pretty much, I mean, you can pretty pretty much count on, and cities and 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 strongholds and nether fortresses uh, and the, the certain things that you do at those and mobs you'll find there it it lacks it does it la- lacks exploration or or change or something to go to the next ancient city you know um, different loot uh, because you can raid a bunch of different ancient cities and find the same loot so I I don't know. If something like that is possible in vanilla Minecraft, or, or or do we just depend on the the mod creators? Well, I guess it's going to really depend on what their overall vision is um, for the game, how, where they want it to end up. I would think exploration should be a key component 
of it, especially if they're going to start going through and updating all the biomes. But I just, yeah, I, I think that's one part of the game. You know, yes, inventory, quality of life definitely needs a, a touch-up. But, you know, what about this exploration side? Like, I can't, I struggle to think of any structure or point of interest in the game that would get me excited enough to go, woohoo, let's go track another one down. Right, yeah. And there's some that it's like, why would you even go look into it? Like, you know, um, the jungle temples. You find one, great. Maybe that's something that needs to be looked at is, you know, the points of interest in the game that makes you want to go out to these things. Because now, you know, I guess in a sense, you know, with the LAs, before you could duplicate them, if you wanted more, you had to get out there and explore more to find another either a pillager outpost or a, a jungle, not jungle, what are they called? Woodland mansion. But now as soon as they bowed to pressure from the community and went, okay, yeah, you can duplicate them, great. You only need to go find one. Then you don't need to worry about these other places anymore. So there's definitely some inspiration that I think Minecraft could take from the modding community where, you know, they could go with that part of their game. I've said it before that uh, if maybe Mojang would go outside of their development team and say, okay, as Mojang development team, we're going to work on these. And then if they're some of the bigger mod teams, they said, okay, you guys work on these features. I think they could come up with some stellar, stellar updates uh, that would be actual vanilla. I guess it comes down to right at the end of the day. And actually, I think Azuma put a video out very recently about uh, mods and I think. I didn't watch it in, in depth, but I know he, he, I'm pretty sure he did, unless I dreamed it. Um, you know, but they could have legal things there. And I guess it comes down to the end of the day, you know, you've got a creative team there uh, in Mojang itself. What's their overall vision? You know, and they might not, um, they might not look at it the same way as the mod creators do. But I think there's some things they can definitely take inspiration from, since we're on the topic of inspiration, to make that vanilla experience, as you said, a tinsy bit better and, and tick all the boxes. And yeah, you know, let's hope they, they do do that. Yeah, I mean, because one thing that would have led to more exploration uh, is something that they, they've left out and we don't know if they're going to return to is archaeology, which I thought would, you know, give more opportunities for exploration exploration i guess for me archaeology always seemed like a bit of a weird one um i'd like to see i guess the mechanics of it and the what it added to the game as opposed to it being just a thing that you just find you know is there a point to it but yeah that would definitely you know if that was um something that interests you was the archaeology archaeological i got it out eventually the archaeological part of the game yeah, of, of course you'd go out and you hunt for more fossils and pots and stuff like that. But, you know, what about for those of us that it doesn't really tickle our fancy? What else is there? What else could they do? The, just the basic stuff that they had, you know, is more just finding the fragments of the pot, baking the pots, and then it was uh, some sort of decoration. So, you know, that beyond building and decorative type things, uh, there wasn't much more than that which I don't know if that's why they left it out or uh, it's just one of those things that they didn't get around to, you know, kind of like things that were left out of 1.19. Yeah. And, you know, there's other, and on that note, you know, if you actually have a look at the uh, Caves and Cliffs Part 2, there are actually cave biomes that didn't make the cut either. There's a lot of things that they could work on to that they have previously announced to, to work back in to further increase that that explore 
exploration feel. Who knows? Maybe when we get that Minecraft Live next month, maybe some of these things will feature back into it. I think possibly, maybe, we will shoot for uh, at least some sort of reaction to Minecraft Live in Minecraft Lab. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to that. I think that would be a great idea. We'll have to talk to yeah. Keegas about making sure we tee that up for release just right. Even we got to change the uh, the order of release around a little bit. I think we strike all the irons hot on that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Keegas, if you're listening, and I know you are, start working on change of roster. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll just want us to go every every two weeks. <laughs> well, he, has, he, he has alluded to that. I'm not sure how we're going with that <laughs> yeah. one. But anyway, we'll see how we go. Of yeah. course, Keegas is the, uh, the father, the grandfather... The mother, the sister, and the brother, and the brains of the Minecraft, uh, Minecraft, no, what is it? Interrealms podcast. So um, obviously we are just one, one part of it. One, what do you call it? One, what's a podcast? We're just one podcast. We're just one podcast in the, in the, in the net, in the tapestry that is the Interrealms podcast. So he is the boss of it all. And he's telling us, he's putting the pressure on you boys. You need to do two a month. And it's like, oh, we'll try. Sorry, dad. <laughs> Not really. I'm joking. I'm joking. So with the season three, uh, which we we decided we haven't, or well, we haven't decided anything. We haven't decided it will end. I think we're going to even drop the the term season. We have plenty of time to be inspired uh, to do big things, to do small things. The way we've got it now is, I think there's no limit to what we can do as a community, big or small. Um, but I am excited for for what's to come. There there are some things that I get inspired by every day uh, to try out, and you never know what's going to happen on Interrealms. Yeah, someone's always coming up with some sort of idea, some sort of inspiration that they've got, and now with you know twice the amount of people on the server, that inspiration is only going to run deeper. Because uh, it it inspiration when it starts to to it's it's like. I don't want to give it a bad connotation, but uh, it, it's it's infectious. Mm-hmm. You can it, it spreads, and when you get more and more people inspired by each other, uh, you can do greater things. Yeah, and you only have to take a look at the central area now of um, the interim site, the spawn area through to the shopping district. How quickly has inspiration led to that area? Now look at it; it's just gone absolutely nuts. Now, it started off by working on the, the fish market and then the, the village started getting worked on and renovated. Now we're getting a medieval district getting, springing up from out of nowhere. It's just, yeah, it's great to see, great to see. For those of us that are creative types, it's a, a really nice outlet to be able to have, to be able to let that inspiration flow out in the form of however we choose to in Minecraft. Even if you're not, ha- if, if you don't have a creative bone in your body, Minecraft is something that uh, it's therapeutic. It's uh, it's something you can casually do uh, to unwind, plant crops, tend to your cows, just <laughs> do do the simple things to kind of to unwind and slap your goats, slap goats, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever tickles your fancy. Uh, That's it. But it, there's something there for everyone. And you know, if you are feeling inspired right now, why don't you head over or actually head down to the description and or wherever you are however wherever you're going to find the description however you're listening to this podcast why don't you jump into the interrealms discord um yeah we always love to have a chat meet new people and the community is absolutely thriving and we would love to chat to you and hear about 
what inspires you? What inspires you in Minecraft? And um, you never know, you might find a, a few new friends along the way. If you enjoyed this podcast on whatever platform you are listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, please leave us a rating. Uh, some some of the other platforms, you can actually leave a, uh, a review. If you feel like leaving a review, let us know what you think. You're there. Yeah, where do we go from there? Um, the end. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm going to end this episode. Bye, all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. at the end oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still feel it's like it's lacking something bye <laughs> bye no um did i say minecraft lab thank you for, uh, yeah i did okay pretty sure <laughs> that's where we'll end it then all right i'm gonna have some fun editing this one <laughs>